Citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and marvelous way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, walking your dog, or even on your one daily allowance walk in the street. <laughs> That's totally our case. So I'm joined here in our sunny Barcelona studio by the lovely Andrea. How's it going? Today, Andrea. I'm great, thank you. I'm very happy today with all of the wonderful weather that we're having. Um, the sunshine definitely makes a makes a difference, makes everything brighter. Yeah, I don't know about you, but for me, it's almost bittersweet though that I can't like go out to the beach and like you know sunbathe or go out. I mean, I don't have like a terrace. I just have like a small balcony, so I can go out and like we have like chairs and stuff. I can go sit out there. But it's not quite the same as like when it starts to be summertime here and like you can really go out and uh, go to the beach and things like that. It's true, actually. Yeah, I, I know what you mean because I'm the same. I just have a small balcony with like we've put our rocking chair out there um, to make the most out of it. But so you go go out there and have a read. Yeah, exactly. Especially in the morning when that's when we get the sunlight on the balcony. Um, but I do miss going to the beach. So hopefully <laughs> as we go through the phases, we might be able to do that soon as well. Yeah, I think there might be like a lot of rebellion with the beach here. So, But today we are going to be playing a little bit of a game almost. So Andrea is going to be doing a bit of Stump the Chump. Do you know what that means? No, I haven't heard. I haven't heard that before. What's Stump the Chump? Uh, okay, so first of all, to stump, of course, means to try to trick someone. So it's like when you're asking someone a question and you're trying to make it so that they can't answer it correctly. You're trying to find a question that they don't know the answer to. So, uh, and then a chump is someone who, I guess it's like a, a stupid person, right? Or someone who's easily tricked. So basically this is like a game, I'm not sure what the, the expression comes from, but it's a, it's a game basically where you're, you're trying to stump someone. Yeah, so chump actually is a really American word, isn't it? It just sounds, that phrase sounds really American. We don't have that in, in the UK. I'm not sure what the equivalent would be, but yeah, I think you've explained it really well. Yeah, well that's, a, that's probably a perfect lead in then because Today, Andrea is going to be trying to stump the chump. I'm going to be the chump uh, today because she's going to be sharing a bunch of British expressions and vocabulary that are very quintessentially very, very British. So she's basically going to be trying to stump me on expressions and words that I won't know that are British, but that maybe might be useful to you if you're learning British English, or at least if you're wanting to know more British English than an American would. So we were just talking about actually before we started recording, it's really interesting because it would be much more difficult for me to do this to Andrea because uh, Brits tend to have a lot more knowledge of American English than vice versa, right? Yeah, I guess because, you know, so much of the media comes from from America, um, we learn these expressions through watching TV and movies. So definitely, I would say in the last 20 years, for sure, we have more knowledge of uh, more quintessentially American uh, expressions rather than you guys knowing the British ones. Mm -hmm. And maybe I won't be such a chump because I, I mean, I have spent a lot of time around British people. Maybe I'll know some of these. I'll, I'll be cheating a little bit. 
But definitely if you go to the United States and just like an average British person, it can be quite difficult for them to understand British English, like really uh, not so much the Hollywood English, British English, but definitely the kind of like British English that people speak every day on the streets, they definitely would be quite confused. So uh, we're excited for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, maybe you can relate this to whatever language you speak that there are different dialects from around the world. And I think that's something that's really fun is when you can even discover more about your own language. So I'm definitely looking forward to getting to learn some of these new expressions, maybe start using some of them myself to sound a little bit more dapper. <laughs> what does dapper mean? Dapper means fancy. So like we talked about in our British and American stereotypes, Americans tend to think of Brits as being very uh, much more fancy. In fact, I just, it was very funny because I was thinking about that because uh, I was watching the new episodes of Modern Family and one of the characters was complaining that his GPS had a British accent because he felt like he was being guided by a snob. Oh, wow. That's so funny. Well, I think in in the list that I have, mm -hmm. you'll find maybe some that will make you sound more dapper, but you'll have some that are maybe a bit more cockney, like that you hear like from that, you know, the, the London accent. That kind of... Yeah, so you have a mixture of both and definitely ones that you would hear a lot in, in the UK or if you watch uh, British TV series. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to that in just a little bit, but before we do, we're going to take a look at our shout out of the day. So today's shout out comes actually from a dear member of our community. I've actually met him in person. I was fortunate enough to get to travel last year with Justin to Italy and we met up with a lot of people from our Fluency Circle community. Uh, the Fluency Circle is basically our group of students from all over the world that are learning English with our different courses. And basically we're discovering new things every day, getting to share our cultures and, and whatnot in our group on Telegram and Facebook. So uh, I've met some of these people in person uh, and one of these people is the one who we're doing our shout out for today. And that is Marco from Italy. I believe he's from Turin in the north of Italy actually. So he says that this is the podcast that you were looking for. A terrific podcast to ameliorate the English while having fun, jam-packed with native expressions that will make you sound like a native, plus the topic presented are always interesting and useful, also in other areas like self-improvement. So thank you so much, Marco. We can actually define some of the vocabulary here because Marco is quite famous in the fluency circle for being a bit of a Mr. Vocabulary himself. He has like a very broad vocabulary, uh, which is very impressive. He's a really great writer. So first of all, what does ameliorate mean? I don't even know that word. Oh, you don't? I don't know that so, word. He's uh, he's stumped you, I guess. He stumped me, yeah. Ameliorate, that's a, it's a pretty fancy word, formal English, but it means to improve, right? Wow. It sounds a little bit like the Latin word. I think it comes from French. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Marco actually has outdone us and jam-packed so if something's jam-packed it means that it's full of something it's got loads of things in it so if it's jam-packed with native expressions it means that it has lots and lots of those mm -hmm. that is an absolutely great expression to use when you want to say that something is very full so that's about it and if you want us to shout you out all you have to do is head over to apple Podcasts, stitcher or wherever you're listening to us and leave us a five-star review 
And this also helps other people to discover our podcast and to have a lot of fun learning with us. So that said, let's take a look at today's quote. So today's quote was inspired after watching uh, The Last Dance on Netflix over the last few weeks. So it's been inspired by Michael Jordan. And the quote is, I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. So I think this quote is fantastic. I mean, it's something that you can apply to your life in, in so many ways. And it's always something that probably you're the same, Ethan, but it's always something that I've explained to my students, you know, that making mistakes, that failing at something is part of your learning. That's where, you know, you can grow. Those are the things that you remember and that's going to help you succeed and reach your goals. Totally. And the only way to get better really is to make lots and lots and lots and lots of mistakes and to correct them, to have kind of that growth mindset that you are going to fail sometimes, but you're going to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and do better the next time. Exactly, because I mean, if if you're not failing at something or if you're not finding something difficult, then it means really that it's not challenging you. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you'll probably plateau, you'll stay at the stage you're at and you're not going to reach um, reach the heights that you can. Exactly. And it's so fulfilling when you really have that feeling of, of, okay, well, I failed, but then later I learned from my mistakes and I succeeded. That's like one of the best feelings you can have in the world. So definitely with your English, you should definitely see mistakes as kind of stepping stones to reaching your, your goal of fluency. So what exactly is this show that you talked about, The Last Dance? So it, well, it focuses on the Chicago Bulls. Um, and I learned quite a lot of new things because I'm not really a basketball fan. Obviously, I know who Michael Jordan is, but I didn't know kind of how successful or what an impact he made to, to the sport and in just generally in sport altogether. But it follows them over their journey of winning the championships. So they achieve something called the three-peat, um, which is when they won three back-to-back -back championships. And they did this twice. Um, so it kind of follows the the first three years and then the following three years, but it kind of tracks what happens in between as well. And um, yeah, it's just really interesting. It's not even just about Michael Jordan. It's about the Chicago Bulls in general, um, the way that they were managed and coached and all the other players that made such an impact to this team. And it's it's been really inspiring watching it and I'm so sad now that it's ended because there were only 10 episodes um Netflix released two each week so the last two episodes were released on Monday and it's over now <laughs> <laughs> well I'm definitely gonna have to check that out and you dear learner if you want to check that out we will be sure to post the trailer on the show notes of this episode which you can find over on reallifeglobal.com but that said, I think that now it's time to play some Stump the Chump. Uh, and Andrew is going to be testing me on my knowledge of British English. Yes, so I'm so excited for this. And I don't know why I have, I have a weird feeling that you're gonna do really well and that maybe, um, maybe you'll know some of them or you'll guess them correctly. So let's see if my, if my assumption is correct. Um, so the first one, you'll hear a lot is I'm chuffed to bits. I, I have heard this, but right now I can't remember what it means. I'm guessing it means you're like delighted. You're, you're really delighted by something. Yes. Good start. Oh, there you go. 
<laughs> yeah, so if you're chuffed, it means that you're really, really delighted. You're really happy um, with the outcome of something. And can you use that to bits part? Can you use that to, like for other expressions as well? Or is it like only with chuffed? Um, thinking about it right now, I think it just goes with chuffed. I can't think of where we use to bits. I suppose you wouldn't say like you're sad to bits. No, exactly. You wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that it goes with chuffed that way. Mm -hmm. You could just say I'm chuffed. Um, but if you're chuffed to bits, it's like expressing that even more, you know, it's something that's made you even more delighted. Mm -hmm. That does sound super British though. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Well, you've, you've done a really good job starting. You got the first one, correct? Oh yeah. Um, the next one, <laughs> the next one is donkey's ears. Do you know when someone would use this? Donkey's ears. I have no idea. Is it, is it like an adjective? Is it a... I'll give you a clue, like to give you a bit of context. So you might say, I haven't seen him in donkey's ears. Okay. Is it donkey's ears, like the ears on your head or years? Oh, that's a good question. It's <laughs> not the ears on someone's head. It's the years. Oh, okay. I thought it might be like a, uh, like you have like a fuzzy rabbit tail is like a good luck charm. And I thought maybe a donkey's ear is like a British good luck charm or something like that. But donkey, uh -huh. you have some connected speech there. Donkey years, donkey years. Uh, I'm guessing that's many years, like a really long time. Yeah, exactly. So if you haven't seen someone in donkey's years, it means that you haven't seen them in a really long time. Exactly. There you go. And I think that maybe that comes from, I'm not 100%, but I think apparently donkeys do live for a very long time. So I think that's where that one comes from. Gotcha. Well, I think you kind of, that, that hint there, that definitely gave it away. Yeah, it's a little bit easier <laughs> when it's in context. <laughs> okay, so the next one is stop whinging. Stop whinging. Uh, that also sounds very British. Stop whinging. <laughs> Uh, I'm guessing it's complaining or something like that. Yeah, that's exactly it. So yeah, if you're whinging, you're moaning or complaining about something, but in that kind of annoying, annoying way or in an annoying tone. So it's more like whinging, you know, when they just keep repeating and repeating themselves mm -hmm. or something. In American English, we'd probably say stop your bitching. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. That sounds a bit more harsh. It does. But like when you use like. I had, for example, an aunt from the South and she used that like all the time, like even when we were kids, like, so obviously like when you say, uh, just bitch, it's a bad word, but like bitching is kind of just like, it's, it sounds like the same thing as, as whinging, like someone who's like complaining a lot. Ah, and you can also use it in a positive context, can't you? Like that's bitching or something like. You can, that's more yeah. slang though, but okay. you can definitely say that's bitching. Like that's a really, it's a bitching song or something like that. It's like, it's a great mm. song yeah yeah that's mm -hmm. that's what i was thinking of yeah okay cool <laughs> <laughs> um okay this one we use a lot and there's even i'll tell you after there's some cockney rhyming slang that goes with it so yeah. if if you don't know what that is we can we can explain it in a little bit but the next one is i'm knackered oh i, I do know this one uh it means like you're completely exhausted right yeah well done you do, you guys don't <laughs> use it though do you we don't. I, mm. That's one of the ones that I picked up from my British friends. Uh, like I remember several years ago when I was living in, in Mallorca, I actually had a British roommate. And so he would say that like a lot, like I'm knackered, I'm going to bed. 
but the first time I heard it, it's, it was something very strange. Like I had no idea what that could possibly mean. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But we use it so much like to express like when you're really tired. Um, mm -hmm. Like often if you speak to someone when they've just come home from work, you might say, oh, how, how are you? How's your day? And they'd be like, oh, I'm knackered. Mm -hmm. I think in, in American English, you probably say like, I'm beat. Ah, yeah, that's the alternative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the Cockney rhyming slang, like some people maybe from some parts of London <laughs> might say, I'm cream crackered. Have you heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard that one before. I'm cream crackered. Yeah. And that basically means I'm knackered because it rhymes. It's the Cockney rhyming slang. Yeah. I remember because you have like several dialects of British English, right? That have uh, different rhyming slang. Like I remember someone explaining to me that instead of in, in like Geordie English, that instead of saying like up the stairs, they'd say up the apples and pears or something like that. Yeah, that's Cockney as well. Oh, is it? It's Cockney rhyming slang, yeah, yeah. Apples and pears. So do you want to explain what exactly that is? Yeah, I'm not sure where it originated from, um, or like, I mean, when it started, but it's it's a way that people would speak, that people would communicate with each other in Cockney rhyming slang. So it's certain words that rhyme, they just made these rhymes to go um, with certain words and would use those instead of the actual words to express themselves. So instead of saying I'm knackered, you could say I'm cream crackered. Or instead of saying um, I'm just going to go up the stairs, some people might say I'm going up the apples and pears mm -hmm. <laughs> and things like that. And I think it just developed and it's kind of uh, a language in its own, maybe even. Totally. I mean, that's kind of like a nightmare if you're learning English that then, like, you know, people are using rhymes to. to uh express themselves, express like, you know, a normal thing to say. So, I mean, even for an American in the streets of London, if someone starts speaking to you that way, you're going to have like no clue what they're trying to communicate to you. Yeah. I mean, the lucky thing is you won't hear it that much. There's probably <laughs> not like a, a lot of people that do it. People might do it a bit for fun, um, but certainly in some places you might hear it, I suppose, more in the markets and, and things like that mm -hmm. in the center of London or in, in East or South London, probably a lot. I know like with when I was learning French, this is also something that happens. They don't do rhymes, but they do like gibberish as to where they'll like flip words around. So uh, or it's not gibberish, it's a uh, pig Latin, right? Is what we call it in English. So they'll, they'll actually like flip words around, which is like if you're an English learner, it's already hard enough to kind of know the different words and stuff. And then they'll actually like change the words around as a way of like making it slang. So I remember like one of them is like, you say something's crazy, is like, Ooh, and like they switch around and make it oof. Oh. So it's like, they'd say that something's oof is like something's crazy. That would be really confusing. <laughs> mm-hmm. The French equivalent of the Cockney rhyming. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if there were some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our real-life native immersion course, we will take you on a 41-week real-life adventure of the English language, each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use real native English and make it a permanent part of your life in a way that is fun, natural, and convenient. The best part is you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. We will send it to your email. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod. That's P-O-D to sign up. Now let's get back to today's podcast lesson. 
Okay, so the next one is stop waffling. Stop waffling. Like you could say to someone, stop waffling, or you could say, oh, I'm waffling now, um, or have I been waffling? Maybe you might say. <laughs> well, we would, in the US, we probably would make a waffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're like eating waffles, but waffling. Uh, the only thing I can think, like, I thought at first, maybe it's like you're slacking off or something like that. No. But if you're saying I'm waffling. Yeah. What does to slack off mean? Uh, so to slack off is when you're putting something off, like when you're being lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When someone's not doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. We have a similar mm-hmm. one. Um, but I'm not going to tell you yet, but you had a good <laughs> guess at stop waffling. It wasn't a bad guess. Um, so if you're waffling, it means that you're talking uh, maybe for a bit too long. So you're going on and on and on. Um, and you're maybe not making sense, maybe just repeating yourself or just, yeah, when you're not explaining something in a very concise way, you would um, say that someone is waffling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know, what would we say for that in American English? You're you're on a rant or something like that, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. Um, oh, so I stumped you on that one. <laughs> you did, you got me, you got me with that one. Is that a very common one? Waffling? Yeah, it is. That's yeah. That's how you would um, explain it when you feel that, like, if you think that you've gone on for too long, you might say, "Oh gosh, was I waffling?" Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or if someone is going off on one, like another way of saying, it, you, "Oh, you're going off on one." Like, you need to to stop now. You might say, "Stop waffling." <laughs> An American's response to that would probably just be, "Oh, I'd love some waffles." Yeah, <laughs> I would love some too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that one. And then another one, um, again, which maybe you could tell someone to stop would be stop faffing or I, I've been faffing, you might say. It's the same as waffling or it's a different one? It's different. It's not the same as waffling. Faffing. Faffing, yeah. It's like it's a made up faffing. word. I wonder if it's even in a dictionary. <laughs> uh, stop faffing. Is it similar to whinging? It's not similar to whinging. You mentioned it a like not so long ago okay so is it like slacking off yeah stopping lazy okay yeah i had not heard that one before stop faffing yeah so it could be like you're being lazy or you're yeah you're wasting time like you're you're faffing about we would even say like stop faffing about and do what you need to do wow yeah (laughs) (laughs) a couple in there with that double f sound like waffling and faffing but they're very common that's true. It sounds pretty pretty British, I guess, that double F sound. Yeah, and chuffed. Yeah, it's true. Chuffed. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you know this one. Um, so we might say that someone's taking the mickey. Ooh. We might say they're taking the mickey out of you, or we might shorten it sometimes to taking the mick. I do know that one. I think it's like your... Um, the, and there's another one in, in, in British that is very confusing for... Uh, for Americans, I think that means the same thing. But it, taking the Mickey is like you're making fun of someone, right? You're yeah. You're like you're basically they're they're being gullible or something. Exactly. Yeah, they're taking the Mickey out. That was exactly perfect. Yeah, well done. Mm-hmm. Well done, Ethan. What does gullible mean? Um, if someone is gullible, it's another way of saying that they're naive. So someone might take advantage of them. Um, they believe what someone what someone says to them. So taking the mickey out of someone, right? What is what it was? Yeah, it can be used that way as in someone's um, 
someone's taking the mickey out of you you're being a bit naive or or gullible Mm -hmm. and also that someone might just be making fun of you you know like laughing at your expense Mm -hmm. yeah so any idea why it's mickey well the first thing that comes to mind is mickey mouse (laughs) isn't it could be could be yeah um like making fun of someone i suppose maybe to do with cartoons Mm -hmm. does that is that what you think of i don't know because i i thought maybe it's older like isn't Mickey like a pretty Irish name or something like that? Oh yeah, actually that's true. So maybe it could be. I don't know. I've, I've I've definitely I've met Irish people named Mick, so it could be something having to do with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to look into it. I'm going to look into that one because I find I find <laughs> it really interesting just to know where all these things originate from. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The next one. I actually I've been using this one a lot lately, and I said it yesterday <laughs> to my nephew. <laughs> um it's full of beans full of beans did we did we talk about that in our food podcast or was it just on our list yeah maybe we didn't get to that one so so what is it again it's full of beans full of beans okay i don't know if we talked maybe about spill the beans or something like that uh uh yeah i think we did full of beans is it like you're inventing things no do you want to try another guess (laughs) (laughs) you're gassy (laughs) that would make sense no it means if someone's full of beans it means that they have loads of energy okay yeah no i would not have guessed that no so (laughs) i I was talking to my nephew yesterday and he was finding it really difficult to concentrate um over facetime and he just had so much energy pent up and was like wanting to do one thing and then the next thing and i was like oh leo you're full of beans like what has happened to you today (laughs) So you say that when someone's being a little bit hyper. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When someone Full has too much energy. Yeah. We'd say they're bouncing off the walls, right? Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Bouncing off the walls. Yeah. You could also maybe say it if you're really excited about something. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually it's to do with energy. Okay. Is that something you mostly use with kids or would adults use it would you say like to your friends like i'm full of beans to go to the concert or something like that no you wouldn't really use it in that way you'd probably um use it maybe to describe other people actually yeah i wouldn't say like i'm full of beans or something like that you'd say oh he's full of beans yeah maybe it's used more actually um to describe children and their energy rather than adults and maybe with adults it's it's used in the context of them being excited about something Okay, so the next one is chock-a-block. I don't know if you've heard this. Chock-a-block. Mm-hmm. It rings a bell, but... Uh... We might just say chocka or chock-a-block. It was chock-a-block. Chocka sounds like Australian, almost. Yeah, it does a bit. Uh, block Maybe if you said to me... Um, Oh, how was how was the supermarket? And I'd say, oh, it was chock a block. <laughs> I don't know if that helps. <laughs> so maybe I guess it makes me think of like chock full of something, like chock full of people. It was really busy. Yeah, well done. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it must be related then, because like in in American English, at least we could say that something is chock full of something. Like uh, before, how. Marco used the expression jam-packed. It'd be the same thing as chock-full of something. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of similar. So you say that the supermarket was chock-a-block. 
Yeah, you might say the supermarket was chock-a-block. <laughs> you might say, like, if you're stuck in traffic sometimes, you might say, oh, it took me ages to get there. It was chock-a-block. <laughs> yeah, so for, you can use it for places, whether it's indoors or outdoors or for traffic. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to know if you've heard this one. Maybe you might have seen it on TV or, like, in, in a movie or something like that. Um, but the next one is I'm skint. What, what does it mean if someone is skint? Skint, not skinned, right? No, it's with N-T. Okay. Yeah. I'm skint. Uh, does it mean like you don't have any money? Yes. How do you know that? I have no idea. <laughs> it just, just sounds like that. Yeah, that's a really good guess. That it means exactly that. Like if you go out with your friends or something and then maybe, like I don't know if you do the same, but in the UK, um, usually people buy rounds of drinks. So you take it in turns to buy a round. So that means that you buy everybody a drink. Um, and then maybe someone's checking their pockets and they'll they'll be like, oh, I'm skin. And it means they can't, you know, they don't have enough money. They're running mm -hmm. out of money, basically. So you'd say you're, you're broke, right? Exactly, yeah. You would say you're broke. Yeah, we use that as well, actually, now. I guess we're influenced a lot. Like, people do st still say skint a lot, but many people use broke as well. Um, okay, I'm not sure if you've, I think maybe you'd know this one as well. Would you know what someone is saying if they say, oh, I'm gutted? I'm gutted. Uh, I have no idea, gutted. So what, like gutted for, in case people don't know what that means, uh, we'd say like you gut a fish. So the fish would be gutted, like meaning that you take out the parts that you don't eat basically. So that's like literally gutted. But if you say it, I'm imagining it's like a slang definition, right? be gutted yeah you're on the right lines um i imagine if you feel gutted you probably feel like really depressed or something like that yeah it is a negative emotion if you're gutted like yeah you're really upset really disappointed or really upset with the outcome of something that makes sense so you had a very good <laughs> educated guess there it'd be pretty shocking if it was something positive i suppose to be gutted yeah that's true um okay the next one that you might hear is someone describing something as rank. Rank. Uh, well, I think we use that in the US as well, but maybe the definition's different. Okay. They would say something is rank is like really disgusting. Yeah, I didn't know that you use it as well. Mm -hmm. That's rank, yeah. Or I don't know if it's maybe, maybe I'm thinking of it because it, it maybe it came from like Harry Potter or something like that. Maybe it's like influenced us. Uh, but I definitely uh, have heard that one in the US before. Yeah, another one that, that you might hear that means the same thing that probably, I can't imagine it spoken in American English is minging. Minging, no, I've never heard that. Yeah, <laughs> so it means the same thing. It's a way of saying that something's disgusting. You say, oh, that's minging, <laughs> um, like whether it's food or a smell or anything. And I think, you, I mean, you do hear it in the south of, of England, but you'd maybe hear it more in the north, in Wales. Um, in other parts of the UK as well. Uh, that one I've definitely never heard. <laughs> yeah. A new one for me. That's Ming. Yeah, Mingin. So maybe we have time for one more. Oh, okay. I still have quite a lot on my list, so I'm going to have to... <laughs> Shall I give you a tricky one? Or maybe actually I'll give you... Oh, it's tricky. I'm going to give you maybe right old knees up. That's a bit more of a traditional one. Right old knees up. Yeah. What does it mean if, if someone says, oh, they're having a right old knees up? 
Oh, they're having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that context makes it a lot easier. But... <laughs> yeah. See, it was the way you would describe people having a good time or having a party. Yeah. Right old knees up. And would you say that? Or is that like from your parents' generation? Yeah, I think it's the older generation that would mm -hmm. that would say that one. We probably don't say it as much now, but you, you do still hear it with the older generation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We say like, uh, kind of reminds me... Do you know if someone says something is the bee's knees? Yeah. Yeah, we have that as well. That's like a hippie expression, right, or something? Oh, okay. I didn't know that it's a hippie expression. But could you tell us what it means? It's from, I believe, like from my parents' generation, which is why I say the hippie generation, like the 60s. Okay. Is the bee's knees means like something's the best. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, we use it as well mm. in the UK as well. So, yeah, we would describe something as the bee's knees. You'd hear it a lot too. Really? No, it is. So maybe it's, it's like trickled over. Yeah, maybe. That's so funny. So we hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast a lot. So you basically are prepared now for the streets of London. <laughs> and if you want us to do a part two on this, as Andrea said, she has a lot more on her list. Maybe we'll do another podcast or an Instagram live or a video or something like that. But let us know through any of our channels of communication. Um, and thanks so much for joining us today. And we'll see you next week on the Real Life English Podcast. Oh, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all of the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, music, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.